I get people who say like, oh, well, we don't really have time for that. That's not really going to work in my schedule. And that's, that's adorable. And, and I also feel like it's something that self-commitment is what you get, what you put into it. So if you're not committing to honoring your body temple with nutritious foods and rest, movement and virtual, you know, you're, you're not, you might be missing one of those categories, but it's never too late to drop back in. The good news is you have a new chance every single day. If you can spend five minutes, like some of my mommy clients, like lock themselves in the bathroom for five minutes and, and just have their like quiet time just doing their makeup or whatever, brushing their teeth or whatever. And I think that that's an important thing to work in is just getting a little bit of spacious. Are you a burnt out type A overachieving mom who's buried in responsibilities and feeling like life's passing you by? Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, where you rediscover the joy of pausing, laughing from the belly, and getting back your meaningful one-on-one -on -one time with others. This is where you get to learn how to make that lonely ache vanish and get rid of your nonstop inner critic. Learn self-compassion techniques and to give yourself grace. How to stop feeling short-fused. Light up to see people. Be happy to your core. If you've been feeling like life's passing you by, you're in the right place. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give you their message of hope after overcoming their own dark night of the soul and taking their own leaps of faith. Today, we're talking to the celebrated Reiki master and teacher, April Fender. She's an advocate of being true to your highest self. April helps you follow your dreams and visions and shows you how to be in the driver's seat for your own life. She helps you heal and awaken your true passion. She's written three books, including her, a fairly new book out called The Complete Guide to Chakras. She's so much fun to be around. You're going to love the energy of this episode. And she has a really infectious smile. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, April. Oh, thank you for that glorious introduction, dear heart. I am so honored to be here with you today. Yeah, it's so good to see you again. So I was doing a little bit of research on you, and it says that you've been a healer for 15 years now, which, of course, made me think, well, okay, what'd you do before that? <laughs> so, it's, it's, you know, what's funny is that we're moving into a time where we have all these different beautiful timelines overlapping. And some of my story had that in it, right? We have a timeline where I was working in marketing, and I had an advertising degree, and I wanted to help everyone fall in love. So I actually worked over at Match.com <laughs> uh, way back in the day. Yeah. And I, you know, I would always give healings to my friends and my family. And that's how this really started is my, my passion for serving and for really helping people to come to a place where I had found in my own dharmic path, which is the path of awakening and exploring a mindfulness consciousness practice and it really just started with me you know discovering yoga discovering meditation and really following those paths and as those evolved building an entire healing business out of that and it took many years to get there but yeah there was different parts of my journey that I definitely served in in different capacities and different roles and I loved that the the human part of of what we get to do in this world of playing with different roles and wearing different hats 
and working in an office with people, you know, just, I think it really gave me a, a grounded sense of what a lot of us go through every day, because I know I can be a little further removed in the healing space, you know, I'm not really dealing with all the dynamics that we deal with in a workplace. And it's really important to have that, that background. So I am, I, I don't regret any of it. But it was it was a time of growth in my life when I was trying on different hats. And I think we've all I think we've all been there for myself. It was like I feel like I've lived, I don't know, 10 different lifetimes in this lifetime. Does anyone else feel that way? (laughs) Yeah, I am sure plenty of people relate to that. So my my word of advice for anyone who is going through a large transition right now. And so for myself, I just made a, a, actually, this sounds really simple, right? But I made a big prayer. When I say I make a big prayer, I pray so hard every day for for what I'm supposed to be in alignment with for that just to come into my path with ease and grace. But I make that intention and I spend some time just kind of cultivating that awareness around, hey, I'm going to be able to recognize an opportunity and I'm going to be able to discern that and know when I need to get out of my own way, when I need to change direction. And so this year has been a a year of a lot of people dropping into their greater sense of inner guidance and direction. And I had to listen to my heart on this one. I see a lot of the community, and I've been serving the LA community as my business name formerly had been Santa Monica Healing for a long time. And it's what all my books and programs are published under there. So it's really easy to find. But I knew I couldn't stay as in that limited container forever. And it's not something we we want to do forever. But I knew the greater mission and purpose was to continue to serve. So like a butterfly comes out of the cocoon, I had to first dissolve and I've had to first shake things up and, and reorganize and establish my foundation. Um, And I felt the best way to do that was to make a big prayer, ask where I needed to be. And then I did receive guidance, but not until, to be honest with you, pretty much the moment that as I I had to make a decision, Maui came through in my consciousness and the way in which it came through and which I can, um, you know, provide a little glimpse for listeners is that if you're looking to make a big change, you just don't know what it is or where you're you know, on your path, what that needs to be. When you make your prayer an intention for clarity and guidance, get quiet enough to listen to the responses that are coming through because mine came through in really strange ways. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So when I prayed, I said, well, you know, where would you have me be? What, who would you have me serve? Where am I supposed to be? So I would go outside to walk my dog in Santa Monica, you know, Palisades Park, really nice and cushy little area up there. I would go walk my dog and I would see someone passing by with like a Hawaiian shirt on and a Maui Hawaii hat or some. And, you know, one of the first things I'll see is a license plate from Hawaii on the mainland. Or I'll see, you know, I would see, I would start just really, the signs were coming in pretty hard. And I, or I would, you know, go onto social media and the first thing I would see, I would go to make a post for myself. And I, but instead the feeds would come up and it would be like pictures of Hawaii. So things were coming through in in various ways that led me to that like nudge, like nudge, nudge, like this is where you're supposed to be. And as I tuned into that more stronger spiritual meaning and purpose for me, I felt like this 
you know, Maui's so interesting. It needs a lot of healing. It's a place of healing, but it's also a place that needs healing in many ways, which I can go into for like hours, but just really high level. It is, it, it is calling light workers right now, but as are many places, there are many places that have been calling and I call them little light assignments. Like we're getting reassigned almost in new areas. And it's so funny, like, so for you, you know, staying in Beverly Hills or staying in the LA community, and I love that community so much. I've been a part of it for years and it's very near to my heart. It is an important, you are a crucial piece exactly as you are because your frequency and your energy needs to be there because it's, it's, you like everywhere where we're assigned is exactly where we need to be. And that's what we have to remember unless you're getting that nudge. Hey, it's time. Okay. It's time for, for what? Let's listen. So we are like little pieces of the puzzle making this big light grid everywhere. One of the questions I wanted to ask you, what would you tell someone that has that little inner voice telling them they should make a change, but they're not sure whatever it is, it could be finance, romance, where they live, anything, but they're, they're not sure, oh, that's just discontent. It's because everything's messed up in the world or, or whatever. And they're not listening to it. What would you tell somebody? Yeah, I would say if it's a maybe, this is just such a simple way to put it. And it's like the most direct way. If it, it's a maybe, it's still a no. It's not going to be a yes until it's a heaven yes. Like we are going all the way with our empowerment and our full body. Yes. And right now you're going to see ideas and illusions and revelations coming through a collective consciousness that it's a little scary to think about. Sometimes we don't bring a fear vibration, but we, we think about, wow, there's so much misinformation. There's so much conflicting polarity things that are happening in the collective that we don't want to pull from the collective anymore we don't want to pull our ideas from the media we don't want to pull our ideas from what's going on in the in the mass collective that's that's not a smart thing (laughs) to do right now now it's good to be aware and it's good to know what's going on and as far as your own sovereign being how do I determine what my yes is? Because there's a whole lot. There's so much we have to, to wade through to be, to, in order to get really clear with ourselves. And I'll tell you what, our consciousness is moving into a place, and I would argue has moved into a place where you're operating from, I'm operating from, and I know a lot of your listeners are operating from already, is a heart-guided place. So when we feel into a decision that it needs to be from your heart. Now, I know some people on here might be, you know, into astrology or zodiac, your um, human design, like, oh, I'm a manifesting generator. I feel into my sacral first. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. But I, I encourage everyone to start feeling and running decisions by your heart because if we're too much in our head right we're in the ping pong ping, 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 ping in our head we are not operating in our heart space we're operating in an ego consciousness and that can be a little dangerous and it can it certainly feels exciting to our heart space to know a solid answer 
And sometimes we're not comfortable in staying that in that uncertainty. We just know, hey, well, this is a decision that's up for me. I have a lot of different options. This could happen. I could see a timeline where this could happen. But does it feel like a full yes? So until you are at the full yes, I would argue and present, I wouldn't argue with anyone, but I would present this information as like an opportunity for you to just get really clear in your heart space and feel into your yes. And it may be no, 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 until the moment that it's a yes. And then you are going to have your full guidance behind you. So that is, that's my little um, piece of advice on how to weigh, you know, our, our ego in these times against like what, what our highest consciousness is, is directing us towards. I was, and here's my truncated answer. What I was taught, when in doubt, do nothing, which is actually what you said, <laughs> unless you're, unless you're really there in your heart's centered space. But for people who are just scared and running from fear, but they know, you know, and it's time, but they've just run from a place of fear for too long. What would you tell them? Fear consciousness. I would, I would propose an invitation to weigh what is yours versus what is coming in from the collective as not yours to hold. So a lot of times we can think of fear as a personal identification marker when it's not. It's just a gauge and it's just a, well, I mean, in the energy world, which is my specialty, it is a lower vibrating frequency. And so we are not made up of lower vibrating frequency. Like when we go back to our soul level, that's not a fear conscious. That's a love conscious. That's a five, five dimensional and higher unity frequency where we are just boundless, endless love. We are eternal. We're not, we, we're actually all woven in together. We're not separate. And so when we look at, well, we look at that, the fear frequency and how that fits in there, there's only love and then an absence of love. So if we're experiencing separation, consciousness, which could be also that fear, right? I would, I would propose to allow the fear feeling to sit, sit with that, feel it. And then we have to feel to heal. So what do we do? We release it just like when we're holding on, like imagine like a pencil in my hand and then just letting it go and it would fall to the floor and roll. And that's exactly what we do with the fear frequency. We hold, we, we're holding. And then once we recognize, hey, I have been holding on to this. Oh, geez. You know what? I'm going to be super compassionate with myself and recognize that I too have been holding, but now I can take responsibility for that and let it go. And it is a conscious choice. It's not something that we have to be beholden to because as creator beings, we know that we're not playing that game of it's happening to me, right? We're, it's, it's happening for me because I created this in my consciousness. So that brought up a couple of different questions. First, Reiki. Why don't you explain what that is for anybody who isn't aware? Yeah, so Reiki, and you can pronounce it a bunch of different ways, but sometimes I, I, I pair it together as the two parts of the word. So Rei, meaning universal, and Ki, meaning energy. And Reiki is the universal energy channel. And so when we are receiving Reiki, we are receiving a clearing, so an energy cleanse. And some people, you know, will call this like an auric cleanse or a chakra cleanse or balancing. And it's one of the things that I work with during my sound healing, but it's also something that I have been you know, had a long time practice with. I have a couple different 
masteries and lineages, but it's all just words, right? Because at the end of the day, like the energy speaks for itself and that's a loving frequency. And we get to tune into that anytime that we meditate, anytime that we're in a, a giving place with our energy, open place with our energy. And a lot of people channel Reiki naturally. And you you understand like when we are working with a child or giving, nurturing and loving to a partner or someone, a friend who's ill, okay? We, we are working intimately with that person and passing energy to them. And we are, when we are working with Reiki, we're doing the same thing, but we are channeling the energy. So with an attunement, we actually have a lot of our spinal channels and our chakra channels open up so that we can support that energy transmission. Because if you're giving Reiki and you're not attuned, let's say we're not trained or anything, we're just giving, 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 what happens? We get pretty depleted because we are giving, giving, giving. And so I know for my women clients, we, you know, and all of my sisters, and we just give a lot. And that has been the program is just to give until we're depleted. But this is an old paradigm, as we know, because we are, we're no longer giving, giving, giving. We're not the giving tree. We are, we are channeling and allowing others to, we're serving others, but we're not depleting ourselves, which is really important. I would say that that's pretty much the most important thing to remember about Reiki. But a lot of people that I've given Reiki to or, and friends also describe it as a loving energy, which is, is. It feels a little like electricity. It feels like a little like buzz, body buzz. It feels like a massage for your soul. And it's really gentle. It, you can literally any age, right? We, I've worked on actually my youngest, I, if you consider like in utero youngest, because it is safe for pregnancy, <laughs> pregnancy. So I've worked on babies. I've worked on, you know, 90, you know, 90 and up like elders and bless them because they're like so open to trying something like that and everybody in between so it's really like safe and gentle as compared to something like body work that we can experience which i love body work i love all kind of energy healing and it's really important to to find a practitioner that you resonate with and that feels good energetically to you because if somebody says you know well maybe they come with a lot of credentials but you're just like I don't know about their energy. I'm not really vibing with that frequency. It doesn't feel um, good to me. That that will affect <laughs> the session. So it is important to pick someone and go with 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 a Reiki healer or with the healing vibration that you're feeling that frequency for sure. Okay. This is bringing up a question. My daughter is in college and somebody that she knows at college who gone through a hard time did some Reiki last week and she wanted me to be sure to ask you. She did a Reiki session and the person told her, oh yeah, you should go back with him and this and that. And this guy who cheated on her. Anyway, I said, mm, where'd you find the, the Reiki healer? Or where she found that she found the Reiki healer on TikTok. <laughs> I didn't know you could find healers on TikTok. But <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know TikTok is, is the, is the thing, like a way, a platform that people are using for business. But I, I, and actually I've not, I haven't even logged onto that, but occasionally I'll see it through other channels. And I, I so such an interesting time we're in right now. It, it really is. And it was a lot of money. You know, college students don't have a lot of money. So would you have 
something, any words of advice for my daughter's friend? Oh, sweetie. I, I would say to, to tune into your discernment and no healer should ever, you know, I think it's actually almost like bad manners to, even if you have like a psychic energy that you're tuning into to inform someone what they need or do not need to do. But if I were her, I would sit with the highest excitement and highest timeline for yourself and, and tune into your own discernment. Because at the end of the day, it's such an intimate relationship between two people that only you can be the one that needs to, to decide like, well, am I ready to, you know, come back in a more harmonious way, especially when it comes to exes. We do have a, as we speak at the time of this recording, we have a retrograde that's ending. Lauren, I would say for her friend that next week, she will have more clarity on the situation because we are shifting through a lot of timelines right now. And, and, because it sounds like that person, that healer she had gone to came through with some advice on a very specific timeline. Just keep in mind that there are infinite number of probabilities existing right now in the timeline that surrounds her. And she needs to pick the one that will provide her with the most highest frequency of love for herself. And that may not mean seeking love outside of herself. So it may not mean go and get back together with this person, especially if it was an abusive relationship. I don't know if that's enough time to change. That's not something that people just do overnight. Retrogrades actually provide a window for people to, well, well, look at the word retrograde. We're circling back. It looks like things are resurfacing. This is when exes recycle themselves. And so this is not a time to be thinking about getting back together with your ex, in my opinion, or even putting that on the table. However, if she's really still set on this, tell her to sleep on it for a week and feel into it after some of these timelines have shifted because she's going to get a better picture. And I bet you she'll wake up and have a lot more clarity on what actions she needs to take. Thank you. Now, you bet. <laughs> now we'll go to negative people. What do you do when you encounter people saying, you're moving to Maui? Why would you do that? You have all this built up here. Or you're leaving marketing and all, the, all of this that you're doing and Match.com, such a great company. And you're going to do what? Be a healer? What are you, crazy? And, and when you encounter people like that. Well, I'm kind of, it, it, that's so funny. It, in a unique experience, I'm an Aquarian son and it means I'm a little more esoteric than the rest. So I actually have no problem going outside of the line. And so when I approach negativity, and I know a lot of the times we can't get away from it. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. Sometimes it's in the family, right? And when what I get questioned a lot around is how to protect our energy around negativity if it's unavoidable, which is really the deeper stuff. Because when we know when we have friends that are not in our vibration or that we feel drained after that we're in contact with them, that that may, might need to be a relationship that we give less energy to and focus, refocus on the more positive energy. So you, you better believe I won't be making dinner plans with them. And I still can love them from afar and draw that healthy boundary. Now, when, when there is negativity that you cannot avoid that's in your home space, okay, let's just say home space because everybody has been quarantined during this process. Maybe, you know, whenever this airs, we'll just say for 2020, there was a large swath of it that held people accountable in the home space. And there were, were a lot of tensions. And what I will say 
is that the more you work on your personal energy, the higher frequencies that you carry, the higher frequencies that you carry, the more this creates a ripple effect in your field. So by healing yourself and by doing your inner work, you are actually healing the people around you. Now, this is not going to be an overnight thing where you can go to a healing session, come home, and the mother-in-law is like in love with you, okay? Again, like I don't know what kind of dynamic that was going on with that mother-in-law, but whatever. You guys get my my drift. The thing is, is that this is something that's cumulative, that's co-creating and cultivating over time. And we can learn to be really strong in our root chakra, which is our chakra for boundaries, personal boundaries, to make sure to cut those energetic cords when we go to sleep. We also do our energy cleansing. So I have a practice where, especially when I had my office in LA, which was like my favorite part, is like cleansing people when they come in the office. So just saging, or you can do a little Palo Santo or spray. Additionally, we you know got the Hallelujah lamps. Now I have I have friends and healers and shamans that will say, well, that's pretty superficial, that stuff. That's like just getting your aura. Well, yeah, and it's holding an intentional space for you to be able to cleanse your energy. Because if we unconsciously, like think about energy hygiene, okay? If we never washed our hands, that wouldn't be good for business right now, especially not this year. So what what we do is we're consciously always cleansing. And the same thing with your energy. If you had energy work done, let's say 10 years ago, we're like, you know what? That's great. I, I'm cleansed. Good. Or if we went to the gym once, and I mean, I, I don't even, I, as I speak, I don't even like go to the gym. I just go running. But let's say you went running once in your life and then you were like, well, that's it. I should be in, but it doesn't really work that way <laughs> because we're, we're in a, a, a different place like than that. We need to be consistent and the consistency in our practice is really the thing that's making the difference. So I really appreciate that question. And I and I want to present that there's a number of different ways that you can approach it and continuously separating those energies in your mind, like leaving someone in their truth while you're standing in your truth and keeping those boundaries up. So when someone wants to siphon your energy and they you can say, you know, I'm I'm I really want to hear what you're saying right now, but I'm not available for that at this time. And we should circle back later. Oh, that's good. I really like that. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Excellent. I actually, I went to a place once they taught me years ago how to clean my own chakras and all of this and gave me a book from, you know, a healer in South America. And I mean, it was all, it's all so good. I'm sure your new book about chakras, well, you have 12 chakras. Is that, do they <laughs> do that right? Did Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it, it's actually it's a transpersonal chakra system that we're talking about in the new book. So I do go over all of the traditional chakra systems. There's actually, in my research, I found it's a very well-researched book. I spent many months researching this book, but uh, and I had several editors researching with me. So I had a full team. And what we did was really uncovered a lot of this was like ancient mystery school stuff, right? I'm all about all the chakra systems in all the parts of the world. And what I have found resonant in my practice and what I've developed through my own work is working with the 12 
chakra system, which is chakras that exist outside of your body. And then corporal chakras, which we would consider them correlating with direct organs or glands or functions in your body. So corporal meaning my heart chakra is corresponding to my respiratory system, my heart, my lungs, and parts of your thymus here. There are different glands like with that and, and all sorts of different energies that are corporal related. And then when we have outside of the body, we have our our chakras that exist above our crown space and then and right below your feet, which starts at the earth star chakra. So if people are familiar with, well, there was a book in the 90s by Katrina Raphael. I think it was called The Crystalline Frequency or Crystalline Matrix. Well, don't quote me on that one, but you can look it up. She's a beautiful author. She talks about a 12 chakra system that had some similarities. But what I found over the years is that there's not a lot of information on those other transpersonal chakras. There's just not, not even across all the Vedic texts and Sanskrit. And if you look at the, all, all the, the, the Buddhist literature and, and the temple scrolls, like there's just not a lot. So this is developed through personal practice and a lot of years of chakra work. It is an elevated system and it also talks a little bit about humanity's ascension process, which is our consciousness shift that we're going through right now. Oh, that's so great. What is the most common question that you're asked about? I get a lot of clients coming in with very specific needs and it's ultimately tied back to how they can heal and in what's the most effective way to clear through our issues. And a lot of times by the time people find me, okay, they have been through the medical circuit. They've been to the doctors. Maybe they're doing IVF. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're working with a chronic illness. Maybe who knows? And so a lot of times they do not get the diagnosis, right? Sometimes the doctors and and I will say I have a lot of respect for the medical system, have many friends in medical, and sometimes they get it right. And other times they have like little gaps that look like mystery boxes that they'll, they'll say, well, we did all the tests on you and your tests came back normal. So nothing's wrong with you. But what happens with that is that we know that something is wrong. And so what do we do now? And that's who comes to me. <laughs> so that's, that's the, that's the gate that like, that's the, the ultimate playground that I'm playing in is like, okay, we need to solve things from an energy level. So a lot of times the question is really, I feel like the underlying question is, what do I need to heal? Why did this happen to me? We can get through a lot. We can get through what, what's been corresponding, what's been going on physically in the body. And we can link that up energetically to like, well, how did this happen? A lot of times it's an inner revelation that happens. And I'm just a guide, right? I'm, I'm there to facilitate. And I receive messages. I talk to your guides. I ask them what's in your highest healing. And it's yourself that comes through in a more profound way, in a more present way that allows you to be your own healer. So really, I'm holding space for that while you and your higher self are working out a lot of things. And in reality, it looks like the right, like I'm doing the healing, except that it's all source consciousness that's actually flowing 
and I'm a facilitator for that. So I allow that as a channel to be the mediator for you to come into that actualization. And so the question for, you know, how, how am I, how, how am I feeling? How am I supposed to heal this? Usually we get to that answer within a session or two. Sometimes it takes a little longer if it's a more deeply rooted thing. And it's the honor of my lifetime to be able to get to serve in a way to be able to unveil that for people. And I have seen miracles. I have seen, I believe in miracles. Like I am a champion for miracles, as I know you are. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when we're open to see, they're everywhere. I, I just firmly believe that. What would you say to somebody who's having a hard time just getting out of bed in the morning? They're just... What would you tell someone? Not, I don't mean clinically depressed, but just having a tough time. I would say that there is a deeper reason why your soul is creating this experience for you. And until, like, this is the lesson of life, right? And it, the lesson repeats as needed. So until we are able to come to that reasoning on our own, we can have someone tell us all day, but if we, until we recognize that within for ourselves, we are not in a place of actualization. And so that lesson is not going to stick. Even if someone says, hey, you're depressed because this, 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 why don't you fix it with this, this, this? I mean, that's a solution. But what you really want to be asking yourself is why did my conscious create this experience for myself? And once we can realize that, like, I'll give you an example. When we are finding ourselves attracted to the same kind of person after we got out of a bad relationship. <laughs> Does this sound familiar to anyone? So we're, we're, oh my gosh, my ex used to do the same thing and behave in the same way. How could this be that I found another person to reflect this part of my experience? Well... I would call that having a hard time. <laughs> and I would ask, why did I create this? Well, it might need to be that I need to heal my abandonment wound on my own before I can take on a partner. It might need to mean that I am undergoing some massive personal development that are, is opening my eyes. It might be breaking a cycle for myself. I might need to show myself like, hey, I'm worthy. I don't need any of this. <laughs> Next, check please. So I, I, I know that it can be hard and I don't want to rob anyone from that experience of self-realization of like, hey, that was really challenging. That was the challenge of my life. And I got through it and I did that on my own and I broke that cycle for myself and I don't have to replay it again. Not in this lifetime, not in another lifetime. Complete. Definitely. Do you have any things that you do on a regular basis that help you maintain or keep a positive mindset? Do you meditate every day? Do you run, do you run every day? What do you do? Well, I would, I would love, I actually, one of my intentions, Lauren, you hit the nail on the head, is to move my body more every day because our body temples are loving us right now to pay attention to them. And as much as I like to say that I do run every day, it hasn't been every day, but I move as often as I can. I, of course, as a meditation instructor with that background, like have to tell you that the meditation practice has been a key for me because it's no joke when, when you miss that internal landscape and you're not 
spending time in quiet or solitude, that the chaos can overrun you. And when we don't have that internal space, a lot of times we can't even recognize when we need the internal space because it's not there. Of course, we can't recognize that. As a nurturer and as any nurturing being, we need to be recharged as well. And so just taking that recharge time for yourself is super important. So that is an intention I hold. And it's something that's a good practice to to take that spaciousness for yourself. And especially like the meditating every day, I I get people who say like, oh, well, we don't really have time for that. That's not really going to work in my schedule. And that's that's adorable. And and I also feel like something that self-commitment is what you get, what you put in to it. So if you're not committing to honoring your body temple with nutritious foods and rest, movement and spiritual, you know, you're you're not you might be missing one of those categories, but it's never too late to drop back in. The good news is you have a new chance every single day. If you can spend five minutes, like some of my mommy clients, like lock themselves in the bathroom for five minutes and and just have their like quiet time just doing their makeup or whatever, brushing their teeth or whatever. And I think that that's an important thing to work in is just getting a little bit of spacious. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I have five minute energy clearing of meditation on an app. I mean, there's so many, there's three minute ones. Like There's, there's plenty. So do you have any message of hope for anyone listening that you would want to give that you weren't able, that we didn't hit? What's coming through for me in this moment as I tune in, because of course, in my heart, I could, I, you know, think of a a list of 222 things to give you. But what's coming through is like really present for this call, which no matter when it airs, is going to be really important for everyone to hear is that you are a sovereign creator being and that everything is temporary. So remember that you create with every everything in your being from your thoughts to your words to how you know how we behave it all translates into this cohesion of what we see in form and so be mindful with what you're creating recognize that the distortion is temporary and that things are not what they seem right now i know that's going to be important for someone to hear today no matter what timeline you're tuning into this on replays or not everything is changing it is not possible for us to hold on to it all and so tune into your sovereign self tune into your creator being your i am presence is what we call it and allow that portion of you to speak up for yourself you are the light that we have been waiting for you are an important piece of the puzzle and your medicine is needed So if you are not giving that medicine into the world, even no matter how small you think that job is, even if it is quite literally serving someone food, quite literally like calling a client back to hear them because they're going through something, you are doing a service by being present and and showing up. And so (laughs) please do your service in in. Go in the in light, do your service with a happy heart, and remember that all the distortion is changing and melting away. We're in for a beautiful rest of the decade as soon as we get over a few humps. And it's already written. And so 
it is going to be happening. We just need to stay positive through it and remember the temporary nature of all that is. Oh, that's a wonderful place to end. That And that is full of hope. So April, thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. We look forward to seeing you in Maui and I will put a link for your new book and for you on the website. Thank you so much, Lauren. And thank you everyone for tuning in with us. It was a real pleasure to be here and I can just already feel all the energies that have been receiving the codes from this podcast and just from my heart to yours directly sending golden waves of healing light. I love you. Thank you. Yeah, I love you too. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you April's messages of expansion, balance, and purpose. Such fulfilling messages to take into your week ahead. Also, I'll put a link to April's virtual courses and classes if you're interested in seeing more of what she has to offer. That'll all be in the show notes on the website at 52weeksofhope.com. While you're on the website, there's links to rate and review the podcast, or you can do that from wherever you're listening. It all helps and it's very appreciated. Thank you for helping get the word out about the podcast and helping more women feel less alone in the overwhelm and to remember the pause. Answers emerge in the pause. And instead of adding to your to-do list, how about a to-don't list? Until next week, I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.